Welcome everybody to another episode of Bitch Breathe. My name is Ricardia. This is the third episode of my podcast where we talk about all the real stuff that happens in life and hopefully find some solid spiritual but real answers to those things. So in my last episode, which was the second episode ever, by the way, we talked about little girls with daddy issues. So what better to follow up with than the mother and daughter edition, if you will. So today I want to talk about all the issues and how much this relationship can really, really sort of play a big role in our lives and uh, yeah, give us a lot to think and work on. So I've had a very, very difficult relationship with my mom all my life, um, or rather the first couple of decades, should I say. Um, I've since worked on it, but it's always been a little bit sort of fraught with issues that I couldn't always identify. Like, what was it? Was it her issue? Was it mine? And at some point, actually at most points, they were so entangled with each other that I couldn't necessarily tell. Is it me or is it her? And um, as I suppose, as with everything, it was probably a little bit of both. So we sort of had a difficult relationship for many reasons. I grew up with my mom only, which you will know since my second episode. I'm the little girl with daddy issues, or hopefully I've uh, helped her out a little bit and it's not so poignant anymore. But growing up with my mom was always a big responsibility for me because I felt like I had to take care of her a lot of times because of all that had sort of transpired with my father. And so it always became a very adult relationship from a very early stage on. And whenever I was in relationships, it got even worse because now I didn't have a lot of time for her. I think I also changed during those relationships where I felt like I didn't want to be so responsible. And I had other obligations. I had husbands, <laughs> two of them, and I had a child. So there were other things I needed to take care of. And that coupled sort of with the guilt of now not having as much time with my mom. You guessed it, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on. I could fill a lot of episodes of this podcast, but I don't want to bore you with those. What I do want to focus on is what do we do when our relationship to our moms continues to be fraught with problems, whether you um, had what we might consider a very good mom who took care of you, who was really responsible, or maybe you had a mom who was very self-absorbed or even worse, you know, never around because she had to work or whatever it was that she was doing. Maybe there were multiple partners. Um, whatever those things were, it's always, for me at least, been hard to keep out the judgment and to sort of find ways where we can have a peaceful encounter where not every encounter starts with, you know, um, why did you do that? Or maybe this is not what you should be doing or whom you should be with. And I felt like, oh my God, every time I meet mom, there's like something I'm not doing right. And um, some sort of shortcoming I have or inadequacy that is never ever going to get fixed in her eyes. And let's face it, I think at the at the end of the day, whether we had what we consider good parents or not, good parenting or not, uh, we want the approval, right? We want mom to say, you did a good job, sweetie. You are enough and I love you. And so when this approval doesn't come 
or love is shown in ways where you constantly feel like you're being improved in some way, then it can be very difficult, right? And very hurtful. And I remember that a lot of times when I would see my mom, we lived very far apart for a while in two different continents. So when we saw each other, I felt like I was going through this whole sort of scan or she was scanning me for issues, for problems, for ways that I wasn't taking care of myself and where I was being to this, to that. So very, very difficult, as you can tell. I don't know how it is for you. I'll love, I'll, I'd love to hear about it in the comments later. But now I want to focus on some of the tools that I personally developed over decades of dealing with this to find a place where I now have a really, really excellent relationship with my mom. We get along. We meet each other at eye level, meaning... I've also seen my mom go through some changes and soften to some of my suggestions, but it took a long time. I'm not going to kid you. Um, there were a few things that really needed to be done on the inside in my consciousness and then ultimately also in hers to really come to a nice sort of basis where you don't dread mom's visit and where you also don't dread being at her house. So speaking of the latter, I had... A lot with my, uh, in common with my mom, right? So um, technically, we had a lot we shared, hobbies, whatever, interests. And for some reason, this was a huge coincidence, but there was this market here, by the way, in Berlin, in Berlin, Germany. And we both love fabric and sewing and fashion, vintage fashion especially. So I had discovered this market and in the middle of another really difficult phase with my mom, I was like, hey, ma, I found this market. Do you want to come along? And Ma, being who she is, loves markets as well. So she was like, sure, I'll come along. And we went there and we were outside of the apartment, obviously, walking through there, exchanging opinions about what fabric would match which one. And then there were all these smells and all this sort of external impulses that had us completely focused on what we share which is our interest for everything that could be found at a market. For you, it could be, you know, um, going to fashion shows, if fashion is your thing, or if there's some other hobby you both enjoy, could be woodworking. I really don't care what it is. But to find the things that you share as opposed to the things that separate you and that are continuously a bone of contention. So these trips to the market became a regular thing. Every Friday, I'd be like, Ma, you want to go? And she would always, almost without exception, say yes. And what I realized, apart from the fact uh, that we share a lot, was, you know, it's really nice to spend time with each other that isn't focused on each other, but that is sort of outside where you can enjoy some things that are not directly dealing with your relationship and so bit by bit we would start to have conversations then we discovered this fabulous cafe close by so it became sort of a ritual to go to this coffee shop right after being at the market and then showing each other the little purchases we had made and it was really really fantastic because we weren't focused on what wasn't working we weren't in each other's territorium if you will or territory Right. So I wasn't at my mom's house where I would feel sort of like, oh, everything's closing in. I'm regressing. I'm five years old again. And Ma has all the powers, so to speak. And we weren't in my territory, which was even more problematic sometimes because 
she usually didn't get along with my partners. <laughs> I'll get back to that some other episode why mom is always right. But that was a really, really great tool for us. Do something outside that we both enjoy. The second thing I want to sort of share with you is um, what is the case when we do have a difficult conversation we need to have, where there is something we just really need to talk about. And what I noticed was that if I didn't make direct eye contact or I didn't sit Ma down and be like, Ma, we need to talk, um, shit's going down, this isn't working, whatever. But if we were sort of just, you know what, it could just be washing the dishes or um, doing laundry or whatever it is, but to have the difficult conversations, and this is the game changer because we're always thinking we need to do this without eye contact. So just sort of being occupied with something else, getting shit done, if you will, being productive together, and then sort of introducing the conversation. One of the conversations that I'm sort of thinking about right now is how am I going to talk to my mom about when she gets old? Like what are her plans for when, you know, God forbid she gets immobilized or there's some other stuff going on just due to age? Like how do you have this conversation? I've already told myself, and maybe I'll have a podcast episode about that conversation, that I'm going to have it in a way that we're both relaxed, we're both occupied with something else, and we're not focused on each other. So having the difficult conversations while doing something else. The third thing I'd like to bring up is to ask other friends, hey, you know, if they have a great relationship with their mom, what is it that's working for them? What do they do together? What do the conversations look like? How often do they see each other? You know, is, is there a father in the picture? Are there siblings? Like, how are they managing this great relationship? And the next step, which sort of piggybacks onto the previous one, is ask other moms. Ask other moms how they deal with their daughters and how they dealt with their mothers. Because by now, as women who might have, you know, experienced a thing or two, we know that asking other women is an incredible resource that maybe we haven't been taught to tap into for the longest time. I know I haven't. I was so focused on finding the right partner, doing the family thing well, and having a career on the side that I often forgot about my women in my life. And they became, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say that now, but they were more auxiliaries in my life as opposed to real resources. So ask other moms, other women, how are they doing this female relationship thing? And then I thought another thing that I always realized my mom would really come to life, this is one I particularly love, this tool, is to ask them to tell you stories about their childhood, where they grew up. These days, our moms, our parents often grew up in other countries and certainly in other places from where we are. And to sort of say, hey, how was that for you? Oh, and how did your mom react to that? And oh, you were close to your brother. What was that like? So when we bring to the table some curiosity about our parents, at least what I notice, and I'm always only speaking from my own experience, people, but what I notice is my mom would, that a whole world would come to life, a whole aspect of her personality, of her history that I would not know. And on my birthday, I always ask her, Mom, you know, tell me the birth story. And in fact, I always tell my son the birth story, not all the details. <laughs> I don't want to scare the poor guy. But, you know, sort of recapping, what it was it like for you when I came into this world? How did that go? 
Um, if these aren't positive memories, obviously you can just focus on, well, what was it like to have me in your life? Or, you know, did you struggle? Keep it real. You know, it doesn't all have to be, oh, you know, my precious little child and everything was great. Maybe they had postpartum. Maybe the pregnancy wasn't planned. Maybe the birth was a total nightmare. Whatever it is, aren't you curious to find out who your parents really are now that you're an adult and maybe you're a parent too? Whatever, just really ask them, what was it like when you were a child? And the other thing that I've um, specifically noticed, I don't know about you, but when I have a new partner, um, I like it to feel a little more solid first before introducing him to mom and not to talk about him or her, whatever it is for you, too much, right? So... I have a fairly new boyfriend and I've been very sort of economical about the kind of information, not just the kind, the quantity of information that I sort of dish out to mom. I talk a little bit about him because obviously I'm a little bubbly inside. It's, you know, still the honeymoon phase. But to really, really wait, you know, you change a little bit when you have a new partner. Absolutely. At, at least from my experience, I did. And the relationship to your parents changes also. I thought this would just be a case when you're a teenager or maybe when you get married. It turns out, no, every time a new partner showed up, I shifted my attention, of course. But I think I also shifted the nature of our interaction. It wasn't quite as intimate with mom, right? She wasn't the person you share everything with now because now you have a partner or maybe you never shared with your mom. And now you're oversharing or sharing even less, whichever way it, it goes, maybe try to be slower in sort of uh, creating this relationship in front of their mind's eye and just wait, wait and see um, without strategizing too much. You know, it doesn't have to be this big secret, but just to really notice first, what is it I see about this new partner? What is it that might bother me? And not to control for a situation where mom is not bothered by it, but to just feel solid about this choice you made before you introduce them to each other. And another thing that I would like to share is a book recommendation. I don't get money for this recommendation, by the way, in case you were worried. It's just a book that a friend recommended to me, and hands down, it was the best book ever on mother and daughter relationships. And the title already, I'm thinking you're going to love, which is called You're Wearing That. So now the name of the author escapes me. I should have looked that up before I broadcasted to you, but you'll find it if you just enter the title on all the usual channels. You're Wearing That? Question mark. And there are many, many key takeaways you might have from this book because it's so, so close to life. Um, the author has so much empathy for both the mother and the daughter and so much love and wisdom about the role each of them play in the other's life. But my key takeaway from this book and what really, really pushed me forward in my relationship with my mom is to understand to really fully recognize the power each of you holds over the other. And what do I mean by that? If there are children or grandchildren in this case in the picture, you, if you're not getting along with mom, might run into the risk of holding these grandchildren hostage. Grandma is fully aware of this, that if she doesn't 
sort of behave in a way that you're okay with, you might not let her see the grandchildren. This is the power you have when you're the mother of um, children. But if grandchildren aren't in the way, you still hold a power because you can stay away from her too. And when our parents love us, which in most cases hopefully um, is a fact, they want to see us when we're adults. They want to spend time with us. They want uh, us to make them part of their lives, uh, of our lives, right? So to withhold our own presence or that of the children is an incredible power we don't really want to hold over their heads, right? Uh, because it's cruel and because these kind of family relationships can often be cruel, it's good to know there's a lot of power here. Let's try to not usurp that power. And what power does your mom hold over you? It's the one I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, approval. We want mom's approval, whether we've already have, a, our, um, have had our own children, uh, whether it's the choice of partner or a career that we have, we want mom's approval. Mom knows that. That is her superpower, if you will, is that she can withhold this approval. So recognizing that we each hold such power over each other that can bring about so much pain when it's being wielded might make us a little more conservative about how we go about this. Do we really want a power tension between mom and ourselves? Is this helpful to us? Will it serve us going forward? And here I'm coming to a point that I've often thought of lately as my mom gets a little older. Does this serve us in terms of when they're not here anymore? Think about this maybe for a moment because it's a thought I've had. Do I want that kind of ambiguity in my life when mom's not around anymore and I'm very, very sure and very eager to not have that. And so to really, really recognize there's a lot of power here. Let's try not to wield it around too much and to really make the love and the, the, the willingness to be in a loving relationship together much more important than wielding that power of each other. All right. And the very last uh, point I want to make... <laughs> This might be contrary to everything I said before, but mom is always right. So what do I mean by that? I mean that a lot of times, even though it might not come out the right way, maybe she's not super diplomatic. I know my mom's from a generation and she's Irish that uh, doesn't necessarily mince their words an awful lot. So sometimes it'll come out in a way where you just say, I'm sorry, what did you actually just say that, <laughs> you know? So maybe realize that, of course, there are good intentions, and that doesn't justify the kind of tone or advice that mom is giving sometimes. But to be honest, when she did freely give advice, unsolicited, I might say sometimes, although she's gotten a lot better at that over the years, I have to say mom was right an awful lot of times. And when I thought I was doing the right thing, and she carefully said that maybe it wasn't, she often had a really good point. So even if you don't come to an agreement that mom and you, um, was always right in her advice, it's not always hurtful to listen. See where she's coming from. If she's giving the advice in an unsolicited way and you don't want to hear it, you absolutely have the right to not hear that. But maybe every once in a while, 
we can listen to mom because maybe she has a point because maybe she's a wiser woman than we give her credit for. All right. So I hope this was helpful to you. I hope that you are able to have already, if not build a loving relationship with mom. You know, they're really, um, they're really trying, even when they don't look like it. I think in most cases, they really are trying to have a good relationship. And the last thing I want to say, because I think that's really important also, if it never works, if your relationship to mom is just impossible, if there's no way forward, don't give up is one thing. Because for seriously, for like almost two and a half decades, I thought this isn't going to change. We're just always going to hate on each other or criticize or fight or just ignore what's going on. If that is the case, don't give up. But if the engagement with mom is always a painful experience and you're just noticing that every time you try to make amends, there's no willingness there, then don't, you know, feel guilty about this not working, right? Like I think guilt is such a huge issue in family relationships. Just don't feel guilty, you know, because of it not working. It might work in the future, maybe not. And if that is the case, then find ways to maybe heal yourself. If mom can't do it for us, then we have to find other moms or the mom inside ourselves to do so, which I realize, realize is not an easy thing. And maybe that's another conversation to have. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you leave me plenty of comments, absolutely disagreeing with me too, if you like. I'd love to hear what your relationship is like, or maybe some of the tools that you've used to get along with mom. Until then, bitches, stay cool, stay real, and sending lots of love until next time.